right, if you would turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. I'd like to open our service reading Ephesians chapter 3. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister, according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power, unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now, under the principalities and powers in heavenly places, might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is for your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. All right, Sean, come lead us in our singing, if you would. Okay, if you would, turn to song number 464, 464, and we'll sing, I Will Praise Him. <clears throat> Was set aflame. 
I shall never cease to praise Him. Glory, glory to His name. I will praise Him. I will praise Him. Praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give Him glory of ye people, for His blood can wash away each stain. Blessed be the name of Jesus, I'm so glad He took me in. He's forgiven my transgressions, He has cleansed my heart from sin. I will praise Him, I will praise Him, praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give Him glory, all ye people, for His blood can wash away each stain. Glory, glory to the Father. Spirit, glory to the three in one. I will praise Him, I will praise Him, praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give Him glory, all ye people, for His blood can wash away each day. Okay, if you would now turn to song number 118. 118, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. Forbidden Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet? Or thorns composed so rich a crown? Were the whole realm of nature mine that were a present far too small? Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my Let's open our Bibles now to the book of Genesis, chapter 45. Genesis 45. We'll begin reading in verse 9 and read through the end of the chapter. Haste ye, go up to my father, and say unto him, 
Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flocks, and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee, for yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household, and all that thou hast, come to poverty. And behold, your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that it's my mouth that speaketh unto you. And you should tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and of all that ye have seen, and ye shall haste and bring down my father hither. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck, and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren, and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come. And it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, This do ye, lay your beast, and go, get you unto the land of Canaan, and take your father and your households, and come unto me, and I will give you the good of the land of Egypt, and ye shall eat the fat of the land. Now thou art commanded, this do ye, Take your wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives and bring your father and come and regard not your stuff for all the good of the land of Egypt is yours. And the children of Israel did so. And Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh and gave them provisions for the way. To all of them he gave each man changes of raiment. But to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. And to his father he sent after this manner 10 asses laden with the good things of Egypt, and 10 she asses laden with corn and bread and meat for his father by the way. So he sent his brethren away, and they departed. And he said unto them, See that you fall not out by the way. And they went up out of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father, and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob their father revived. And Israel said, It's enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. Thank God for his word. Let's bow together. Our Father, we've gathered here together this evening with joyful, thankful hearts. Thankful that you've seen fit to give us one more opportunity to worship your matchless name. We thank you. You've given us one more opportunity to open your word, to read it, to study it. And Father, we pray that you'd enable us to see the Lord Jesus Christ in it, that you give us faith to believe the gospel of your Son that we hear preached. Father, how we thank you for such a, a blessed opportunity. What a blessing you've given us to be able to live in a place where your gospel's preached. Father, I pray you'd make us faithful to preach this gospel to our generation, to the generation of children coming up after us, to the people of this community that you might bring to hear your word, both here and on the internet, on the radio. Father, we pray you'd bless your word and that you'd make us faithful to preach it. Father, I thank you for this family of believers that you've brought together. Father, I pray you'd bless each home, that you continue to to be with us and watch over us and lead us and, and guide us. Father, you've blessed us for so many, many, many years. And in how we beg of you that you not leave us to our own devices now, but that you continue to, to guide us and lead us and, and protect us from ourselves most of all. Father, we pray for the sick and the hurting of our number, those who are in times of deep water and recovering from surgery and different ailments. Father, we pray you'd bless your people. We do pray that you'd heal, that you'd deliver. But Father, above all, that you'd give
grace for the hour, that you'd comfort the hearts of your people with your presence till such time as you see fit to deliver them. Now all these things, Father, we ask and we give thanks. Oh, how we give thanks that we can bring all these cares, our thanksgiving, our praise, and bring them to thy feet and know that we're heard for Christ's sake. Father, it's in his name. For his sake we pray. Amen. I've titled the message this evening, A Message for God's Family. I have a message for the family tonight. In our text, Joseph has finally revealed himself to his his brothers. He's, He's shown them, it's me, I'm your long lost brother. But not only has Joseph showed them, it's me, it's your brother, he showed his brothers what kind of man he is. He showed them his character. Joseph is king over Egypt. You think of the power this man has. He has the authority over all the food source in the world. It's all he is. And this king is also a forgiving, kind, a gracious man. He has freely forgiven his brothers for everything that they did to him. And now Joseph has a message for them to take home to his father. And Joseph's message is a picture of the gospel of Christ that God's given us to preach. And you'll notice Joseph's message, it's all about him. It's about who he is and what he promises that he'll do. Isn't that the gospel? The gospel message is a person. The gospel message is not the correct set of doctrines. The gospel message is a person. It declares the Lord Jesus Christ, who he is. It tells us about his character. It tells us about how he forgives sinners. It tells us how it is he saves sinners. It, It lays out to us all the precious promises of God's grace and mercy to his people. Now this message of Joseph's is just for the family. It's for his father. Now the message of the gospel is to all men. We're supposed to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all men, aren't we? But the only people who are going to care about our message, the only people who will believe our message, is the family of God. And that's who I want to talk to tonight, the family of God. God has a message for us, the family of God. Number one is this. The gospel message declares the Lord Jesus Christ is king. In verse 9, Joseph says, Haste ye, go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Now come down unto me, tarry not. Now Joseph tells his brothers, Do you go home and tell my father that I'm in charge of all of the land of Egypt? Now Joseph was second only to Pharaoh in all of the world. But just to show you how powerful Joseph is, I mentioned this ago. You think about this. This man is in charge of all the food source in all of the world. I mean, if you want food, you've got to come get it from Joseph. You've got to go to him. I don't care how much gold you got. Gold doesn't do you any good if you don't have food to eat. (laughs) Can't eat your gold. If you don't have food to eat, pretty soon you'll die and have all your gold with you because that gold didn't do you good. I don't care about your house and your clothes and your position in society. I mean, none of that matters if you don't have food to eat. I mean, very shortly, you'll give everything you have for a crust of bread. If you go without food for very long, you'll trade everything for it. That's what Joseph's in charge of. The one thing we've got to have to live. And Joseph tells his brothers, now haste ye. Don't dilly-dally around. Haste ye. This, you have to hurry and get to my father because the message that I have is urgent. And when you get there, first thing you tell my father is I'm king. King of Egypt. And you'll die unless you come where I rule. This is an urgent message. And that's our gospel. The gospel God's given us to preach and to believe. This is an urgent message. Urgent. I hope we never forget that. We're really kind of spoiled, aren't we? I mean, for Henry as our pastor for 50 years, 
We've been at this about 20 years. I mean, the gospel's been here just as long as any of us can remember. Back when our parents and grandparents, it's been here as long as we can remember. I think, well, if I miss tonight, I'll just come Sunday. If I miss Sunday, I'll just come Wednesday. Let's remember, this message is urgent. There's an urgency to this thing. It's urgent that we go tell people that Christ is king. He's king. Now you come to him for life. You can't overstress this. You can't overemphasize this too much. The Lord Jesus Christ is king. He's sovereign over everything, over everything, everywhere. John Chapman said this one time. It's one of my favorite quotes. John said, God is sovereign everywhere there's a where. God's sovereign. He's sovereign over everything. The Father has put everything into the hand of the Son. And he does with it as he pleases. You and I can't do anything without his permission. That includes something as simple as taking the next breath. We can't do it without his permission. And absolutely nothing can happen to us that he does not permit and send our way. Absolutely nothing. He's the sovereign potentate. He has the power to give life and to withhold life. It's his to give. He has the power to give mercy. He has the power to give grace. And he has the power to withhold it. He has the power to save. And he has the power to leave us alone. He is in charge of everything that our souls must have in order to live. You know, our Savior is not just like Joseph. Joseph has got some bread. Our Savior is the bread. He is the bread of life. And he has a commandment for us. As the king, he gives command. You know, kings don't make suggestions. Kings give commandments. And the commandment of the king is, come bow to him. Submit. Submit yourself to his righteousness. Come beg him for life. Beg him for mercy. Beg him for grace. He's got the sovereign power to give it to you. Now Joseph's message is all leading up to a conclusion. His conclusion is this. You trust me and come to me for life. You come to me. Well, the same thing is true of the gospel we preach, isn't it? The goal of the gospel is is that God's people trust Christ. I trust him and come to him. You know, the reason we, we try our best anyway to exalt Christ and magnify him is so you'll see how trustworthy he is. And you come to him. Now, the first thing Joseph says is, you tell my father I'm king. This is the first thing I believe we should do when we preach the gospel. Christ is king. He's the sovereign savior of sinners. Can you think of a better reason to come to Christ begging him for mercy. Other than this, he's got the sovereign power to save your soul. And he's got the power over everything to touch your body, too. I can't think of a better reason to come to him. He's got the power to do what I need. Now you trust him, because he's got power over everything. All right, number two. Now, this, this is a message for the family. This, this should comfort your heart, this should draw you to Christ. The message of the gospel is Christ gives life to his people. Verse 10, Joseph says, And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen. That was the best part of all the land of Egypt. And thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flocks, and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee. For yet there are five years of famine. Lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. Now here's Joseph's message to his father. You come to me. Come where I am. Come to me. I'll give you everything that you need so you can have a good life. I'll give you the best land to live in. I'll give you the best food. I'll give you the best clothes. I'll give you the best houses. I'll nourish you. I'll nourish you so you have a healthy, strong life. Well, that's the message of the gospel. Come to Christ. He's the one who gives life. Now, this is his commandment. Come to me that you might have life. Come to me that you might live. I want to say this. 
Well, I'm getting ready to say the true statement, but I want to say this in a way that um, doesn't sound mean spirited or hard. But this is just a fact. If you don't have spiritual life, I know why that is. I know why it is if you don't have spiritual life. You know why? It's because you refuse to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's exactly right. You don't, if you believed you needed him, you trust him. If you don't trust him because you don't think you, believe, you, don't think you need him. I can make good on that. Look at John, the Gospel of John, chapter 5. John 5, verse 39. Our Lord says, search the scriptures. And he means you do search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me, and you will not come to me, that you might have life. The reason men don't have spiritual life is they will not come. They refuse to come to Christ. It's not that they haven't heard him. It's not that the word hasn't been opened to them. It's that they will not believe. Well, what is it to come to Christ? To come to Christ for life. What's to believe on him? Coming to Christ is to believe on him. That's all it is. It's to cast your soul on Christ and depend on him to save you without you helping him out any. That's coming to Christ. Coming to Christ is to believe the gospel of Christ. I, I hear who he is. I hear his promises, and I come to him believing he'll do what he said he'd do. That's coming to Christ. I can show you that in John chapter 6. Here it is. Here's having eternal life. Verse 47. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Those that believe are those who come to Christ for life. They come because they believe Christ. And this life that Christ gives, it's a whole lot better than anything Joseph could give. You know, Joseph told his father and told his family, this is a message for my family. Come here to Egypt to me and I'll take care of you. I'll give you the best of the land. I'll nourish you. I'll, I'll just set you up to have a wonderful life here. And he did, didn't he? He did. And that, that people, the children of Israel, all those descendants of Jacob, they flourished in Egypt, didn't they? Until there arose a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. Then they became slaves. <laughs> Joseph's plan kind of fell apart there years later, didn't it? That won't happen with the life that Christ gives. The life that Christ gives is spiritual life. It's life that the flesh can't take away from you. Scripture calls it everlasting life. Eternal life. The life that Christ gives is a life that God's justice will never take away from you. And you know why God's justice will never take it away from you? Because Christ already gave his life for you so that you would live. Now he says, come to me for life. Life's in Christ. Isn't that good news? You don't have to conjure that up yourself. Christ is our life. All right, here's the third thing. This is a message for God's family. I want this message to comfort and fill your hearts. The message of the gospel is the glory of Christ. Back in our text, Joseph says in 13, verse 13, And ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and all that you have seen, and ye shall haste and bring down my father hither. Now Joseph says, You tell my father all my glory that I've showed you. See, the brothers can't go home and tell their father anything Joseph didn't tell them. They can't go home and tell their father anything Joseph didn't show them. Joseph has to show them first. Now they got something to tell, right? Look at 1 John chapter 1. That's what preaching the gospel is. Preaching the gospel is simply telling others about the glory of Christ. It's telling others what God's been pleased to reveal to us. We can't tell you something God hadn't showed us. It's, it's simply telling the glory of Christ that God has showed us. 1 John 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we've heard, 
which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For this life was manifested, and we've seen it. We've seen it because God showed it to us. And we bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we've seen and heard, that's what we declare unto you. That ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. The only thing we can declare unto you is what we've seen and what we've heard. What the Lord's been pleased to show us and what he's been pleased to tell us. We tell about the glory of Christ. That's our job. Now, I know we can't tell it all, can we? But we tell what the Lord showed us. The gospel tells about the glory of God's sovereign grace and mercy to sinners. When Moses asked the Lord, Lord, show me your glory. The Lord told Moses, here's my greatest glory. I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy. I'll be gracious to whom I will be gracious. Now that's sovereign grace. God giving it to whom he will. That's his sovereign grace. And God says, that's my greatest glory. Now a rebel may not think that's glorious. But you know who thinks that's glorious? A guilty sinner. A guilty sinner hears God will be merciful to whom he will be merciful. He'll be gracious to whom he will be gracious. You know what that means? I don't have to do anything to deserve God's grace. Doesn't that take all the pressure off? I don't have to do anything to deserve God's grace. I can beg for it, but I don't have to do anything to earn it in order to receive it. God gives it freely just because he will. That's glorious. The gospel tells us about the glory of Christ's sacrifice. The sacrifice of Christ is so glorious it did what thousands of years of animal sacrifices never did once. Takes away sin. And here's the glory of Christ's sacrifice. He completely and utterly saved everybody he intended to save. Everybody that he died for is redeemed. Their blood is put away. His sacrifice is so glorious it can't fail. Well, that throws your heart if you're trusting him, don't you? Then the gospel tells us about the glory of Christ's love for his people. He says it's an everlasting love. It's a love that doesn't have a beginning. It doesn't have an ending. I can't do anything to make God not love me. Can't do anything. He says he's loved his people with an everlasting love. Therefore, because of that love, with loving kindness, have I drawn you. I've drawn you to me. Now to a sinner, that's glorious news. I don't have to do something good enough so God will love me. He loved me before I ever existed. He loved me before I ever knew him. He loved me and chose me, and he'll never quit loving me. The gospel tells us about the glory of Christ's faithfulness. You know, we're saved by his faithfulness, by the faith of Christ. The faithfulness of Christ to do everything it takes to save his people from their sins. He's so faithful, the job's done. Now that's glorious. You don't have to finish the job. It's done because of his faithfulness. And because of his faithfulness, he'll never leave his people. This is one of his precious promises. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Never. Now to a sinner, that is glorious news. That gives such peace to our hearts. Keeping my salvation does not depend on me or my faithfulness. It all depends on God's faithfulness. Now I can rest in that, can't you, on God's faithfulness? And this glorious message is a pleasing message. In verse 16 it says that the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying Joseph's brethren are come, and it pleased Pharaoh well. And his servants. This pleased Pharaoh. They were so pleased to hear this. Doesn't hearing the gospel of Christ please you? I mean, it does the family. It may, oh, it pleases God's people. If the Lord ever really lets us hear the glory of Christ, we'll be so pleased to come to him. You're not going to need some preacher begging you to do something. You, 
I mean, ain't nobody keeping you from Christ. If you ever hear of his glory, you'll be so pleased to come to him. Then here's the fourth thing. This is a message of comfort for the family. Don't regard your works. Verse 19, Pharaoh says, Now thou art commanded, this do ye. Take your wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives, and bring your father and come, and regard not your stuff. For the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. Now I love the way Pharaoh says this, don't regard your stuff. Your stuff. You know, if you say stuff right, you know exactly what it is. It's stuff. It's junk. Just leave your stuff. Leave it where it's at and come to me. I'll give you everything you need. And Pharaoh wants us to make sure. He says, this is a commandment. Now this do ye. Don't regard your stuff and come to me. That word regard, it means to have pity on or to look with compassion on. My dear wife, I don't know why she's afraid of this, but this is just us talking. She's afraid she's going to become a hoarder. I mean, and I, she's not. She throws, she throws more stuff away than anybody I know. But every once in a while, she watches that show on TV, Hoarders. Have you ever seen this show? You know, she watches it to, to fire up, you know. So she won't have regard. She watches that show, so she won't have regard for our stuff. If you have regard for your stuff, you say, somebody could use this someday. I better hang on to this, you know. Or this has so much sentimental value to me. I mean, it's worthless. I can't do anything with it, but I can't throw it away because I got so much sentimental attachment, you know, to this. Regard not your stuff. Don't look on it with any pity. Don't look on it with any compassion. Look on it for what it is. It's worthless stuff. That's the message of the gospel. Don't regard your stuff. Don't regard your works of righteousness. Those things that you produce that, that you're so pleased with that you thought made God happy with you, don't regard them. Don't look at them with any pity. Don't look at them with any compassion. Just heartlessly throw them away. And come to Christ. He'll give you the best of everything. Regard your works for what they are. They're evil. Don't, don't look at them with any compassion. And come to Christ for everything that you need. Just throw all those wicked works of righteousness away. Now you notice what I said there? Works of righteousness. All the what the world calls evil sins. Nobody's arguing that we ought not do those. Of course you ought not do those things. But that's not really our problem. That's not the thing that's keeping us from Christ, is it? What's keeping us from coming to Christ is our works of righteousness that make me think I don't need Christ's righteousness. Those works of righteousness, there's nothing more wicked than that. Throw that stuff away and come to Christ. He'll give you the all the righteousness that you need. He'll give you the only righteousness that God will accept. Now come to him. Don't hang on to your works because you've got some sentimental attachment to them. Not only are our works worthless, they'll damn our souls if we hang on to them. Now regard not your stuff and come to Christ. Just trust him alone. And this will help us regarding to, to not regard our stuff. Remember, the gospel message is the glory of Christ. If we hang on to our works, we're trying to hang on to some glory for ourselves. This is not about my glory. It's about his glory. That's the gospel message. If we want some glory for ourselves in this thing, I promise you this is true. We'll never see the glory of Christ. If we want to hang on to some of our works, the apostle Paul says we're fallen from grace. And we're bound to keep the whole law. And if that happens, we'll be damned. Now that's how important this thing is of not regarding our works. Don't regard them. Just throw them away. Trying to hang on to our works will keep us from coming to Christ. It'll keep us from depending on Christ. And trying to hang on to our works, get some glory for ourselves. You know what else that'll do? That'll cause us problems between each other. That's what Joseph was afraid of for his brothers. Verse 24. 
So he sent his brethren away, and they departed. And he said unto them, See that you fall not out by the way. <laughs> he tells his brothers, Now I know how you are. Don't start fussing and fighting with one, one another along the way. Don't regard your stuff. Don't regard your glory. Don't start arguing about who's the most guilty and, and who's the least guilty. Don't start saying, oh, now, we, you know, none of this would have happened if you'd listen to me. Joseph said, don't do that. If you do that, you're going to fall out by the way. Your job is to get to my father as quickly as possible. Tell him this message that I've told, told you to tell him and to bring him to me. That's your job. Don't let anything delay that. Don't start fussing and fighting so you get your eye off the ball and don't do what you're supposed to be doing. Don't delay. Now, I tell us the same thing tonight. Let's not get our eye off the ball. Let's pray that the Lord not let us take our eye off the ball. The ball is Christ and his glory. Now let's not get off that. Don't start trying to figure out who's the most orthodox or who's the most knowledgeable or who's the best. If we're trying to do that, start comparing ourselves to one another. See, you know, if there, is there a pecking order here, you know? We're going to start fussing. And we're going to fall out by the way. <laughs> you know, there's no need for us to try to figure out who's the best anyway. We're all worthless. Christ is the best. See, his glory, his person, that's what matters. The message of the gospel to worthless sinners is don't regard your worthless works. Just trust Christ. Trust him to be everything you need. He said, now this is his, his commandment, trust me to be everything you need. Doesn't that make you want to run to him? Doesn't it make you want to hide in him? What a glorious commandment. Then here's the last thing. The message of the gospel is come to Christ in faith. Verse 25 says, They went up out of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive. He's governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob their father revived. Now, when Joseph, or Jacob, first heard Joseph's message, he thought, I can't believe this. It's too good to be true. My son's been dead for 20-some years. But his sons kept telling him. They kept after him. They kept telling him everything Joseph said. And finally, he believed him. Isn't that how it is for most of us when we first hear the gospel? You know, when you first hear the gospel, yeah, you may not have any interest in it whatsoever. I mean, this might bore you to tears. But if you're going to eventually believe it, if you're going to eventually believe on Christ, somebody has got to stand up on his hind legs and keep preaching Christ to you. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing here. We're trying to do it the best we can. The best the Lord enables us just keep preaching Christ. If we keep preaching Christ, somebody's going to believe him. If we keep preaching Christ, his people are going to continue to be fed and strengthened and encouraged. For some, when they first hear the gospel, they think, that's not right. That's not true. It can't be. It can't be true because it's too easy. <laughs> it's too good to be true that I don't have to do something to get God to save me, you know. I, I just don't believe that. But if you're going to eventually believe the gospel, if you're going to eventually believe on Christ, somebody's got to do for you what we've been trying to do here. Keep preaching Christ. Keep telling you. that I know you don't believe, but this is what God's word says. This is what it says here, and this is what it says here, and this is what's just flipped any page you want. This is, what, this is God's word. Now believe him. Believe him. God's word says salvation really is that easy. Easy for you. And it wasn't easy for the Savior, was it? It cost him everything. He had to come and be made in the flesh. He had to come obey the law. He had to be made sin for his people. He had to suffer and die and be put in a grave, be raised again. I mean, what it cost him, but it's free to you. Salvation is by grace alone. It's through faith in Christ alone. If we keep preaching him long enough, God's people are going to believe that. They're going to believe him. 
That's why we can't quit. Now that's the message. That's the message that Joseph sent to his father. That's the message of the gospel. But here's what I pray for all of us. Same thing what happened to Jacob. Look at verse 28. And Israel said, it's enough. <laughs> I've heard the message. That's enough. That's all I need. It's enough for me to believe. It's enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I believe it. And I'm going to go, and I'm going to see him before I die. When Jacob finally heard Joseph is alive and he believed it, he said, that's all I need to hear. That's all I need to hear. If the Holy Spirit ever enables us to hear this message, enables, ever enables us to get a glimpse of Christ's glory, I promise you we're going to say, that's enough. That's all I need to hear. That's all I want to hear. I want to hear more of it, but that's all I need to hear. I want to hear more of it. The commandment of the gospel is come to Christ. Come to, and that commandment is to every one of us here this evening. Maybe there's some, you've never come to Christ. You know what the commandment of the gospel is to you? Right now, where you sit, come to Christ. Right where you sit, believe him. Trust, trust him. Trust that he's all it takes to save you. And there's many here tonight, you've trusted Christ a long time, haven't you? You know what the commandment of the gospel is to you? Come to Christ. Keep coming to him. Coming to Christ is not a one-time thing. You keep coming to him. You keep believing him. That's what Peter told us, to whom coming. Coming over and over and over again. The believer constantly comes to Christ because we constantly depend on him. You know, you don't even have to come up with the faith to keep coming to Christ. You think, well, well if I get tired of this and, and, and I, I, I don't come to Christ, this is what, the third of January, your New Year's resolution, you may still be keeping it up. I bet you by Sunday you're tired of it and you quit it. That's the way we are, right? Well, what if I just get tired of this and I quit coming to Christ? Brother Gene Patterson and I were talking about this this week. You know, the Lord has a way of making it so we don't regard our stuff and we have to go to him. The Lord will take care of even that for us. He'll keep drawing us to him. He'll keep us dependent on him so we keep coming to him. Now that's the savior I need. That's the savior. I, that, that's the savior and that's the savior I need. I pray the Lord will cause us to hear it and come to him. All right, let's bow together. Our Father, our hearts are so softened and broken to one more time hear the glorious message of your dear Son that you have for your family. It's a message of life. It's a message of salvation. It's a message of your glory. It's a message of peace and comfort and rest in Christ. Father, how we thank you. How we thank you for your unspeakable love for your sinful people that would move you to provide redemption through the sacrifice, the slaughter of your son. How we thank you how you condescend in the person of your spirit to come to us, to bring this message of Christ to us and, and give us the faith to believe him. Father, how we thank you. We're so humbled. We stand amazed in your presence. And wonder, how could you love me, a sinner condemned unclean? Father, I pray you give us the faith to take your word that's been preached to us and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Cause us to leave here this evening with our souls resting in him. Father, for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, for his glory, his sake we pray. Amen. All right, Sean. If you would, turn to song number 255 and stand as we sing Blessed Assurance. <clears throat>
blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture now burst on my side. Angels descending bring from above, echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I in my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long.